Amen. Good morning, LCM. Today is September 1st, 2019. You know, when I was a kid, I had a cassette tape. Not an A-track, but a cassette tape. It was by Twisted Sister. I want to rock! There you go. Amen. My tastes tended away from Twisted Sisters and more towards some righteous brothers. The songs such as Rock and Roll Heaven. Well, I had a friend who, who uh, actually had a pet rock. And then I had this weird kid next door, and he just liked Fraggle Rock. I remember when they tried to pass off disco as rock. Sure, everybody remembers the Chevy commercials with Bob Seger's voice singing, Like a rock! <laughs> really, can you hear a rock rust on a quiet evening like a Chevy? Ooh, spoken like a Dodge owner. <laughs> I remember when nerdy white guys everywhere sported mullets and thought that our one great white hope in the rock genre was a guy named Kid Rock. I even watched my little girl's smile strangely adapt as Mr. Dwayne Johnson appeared on the screen as The Rock. <laughs> the truth is, churches, <laughs> that man liposuctioned his chest. I want you to remember that always, anytime you see him, yep. a dude that liposuctions his chest is not a dude. It's a dude that looked like a lady. That's true. The truth is, is in our day and time, so many things are equated with a rock that really aren't even close. In the Bible, this is even true about false gods. Turn with us to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Yeah. When you find Deuteronomy 32, discover and land on the 31st verse. Somebody say, there in the house of God. Everybody say, there in the house of God. For their rock is not like our rock, as even our enemies concede. Come on, say it with me. Not all rocks are the same. Come on, when somebody says, I want a rock, you... Woo, good. Hey, wait, 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 they're ready. I don't even have to ask for them to say it today. Dean Snyder's in the house. That's right. When somebody says, I want a rock, you should ask, uh, what kind of rock? You got to love that in our Bible, even the haters have to admit their rock is not like our rock. Oh, let's look at this further in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 2. Say there when you are there. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Man, that is incredible, church. If there is nobody like him, if there is no parallel to him, if he is unique in all that there is, then it is important for us today. We better get to know who he is. Amen? Do you want to know him? Yes. Do you want to know him? Yes. We've got a sevenfold blessing for you back in Deuteronomy 32. 
And we want to say thank you to Nick Aragina for this. And thank you for the, for the kibbutz as a whole for this uh, revelation here that we're about to share with you. Amen. Iron is sharpening iron. Are you in Deuteronomy 32? Yes. We're going to pick up in verse 4 for our sevenfold blessing. Amen. Y'all awake this morning? Y'all doing all right this morning? Assad, you holding down the back row? Yeah, Assad got a new house. Amen. How many of you have been blessed this year? Yeah. Look at this. There's not a victim in here. You can't turn one of us into a victim. Deuteronomy 32.4 is good beyond description. And we receive this from our Talmudim. He is the rock. His works are perfect. And all of his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just is he. Let's pull up this first slide and I want to comment on it. If you want to know him, he is a rock. The very image of stability, dependability. What theologians call immutability. Come on, let's look at the next slide. My God, the rock, he is blameless in all of his workings. Tamim means good, blameless. That is my God, the rock. For the third of our seven blessings. In our next slide, you see what my God is like. My God, the rock, he is immutable. He is blameless. And when he renders a judgment... That judgment is the very definition of what is right. Come on. That's my God, the rock. Well, the next slide illustrates that my God, the rock, he is immutable. He is blameless. He is the perfect judgment and he is always true and faithful in, in his actions. That's mm. my God, the Ooh, rock. Amen. Let's look at the next slide. My God, the rock, he is dependable. He is without flaw. He is the definition of perfect judgment, and he is faithfully true in his actions. You know what my God is not, though? He's not a deviant. No, he's not. He has absolutely no part in anything that is unjust. Man, I love him so much. That's my God, the rock. Come on now. You want to keep going? The next thing that our God is, is Sadiq. Come on, Jesus Christ. My God, the rock, he is stable. He is flawless. He is perfect in judgment. He is the enumeration and the incarnation of faithfully true actions. He is never associated with injustice or deviation. He is the only thing that warrants our meditation. A righteous God who is both the standard and the example of conformity with the standard. Somebody say, oh, I love him. Oh, I love him. That's my God. That's the rock. On our last slide, Yassar. Oh, Lord of glory, when we see this word. Come on. Because he is the king above every single king. Yes, he is. He is the rock eternal, and he is the God of all ages. He is immutable. He is incorruptible. He is unassailable. He is the foundation of the faithful flawlessness. It is inconceivable that he would be a party or a participant in injustice. He is the melody and meditation of what is magnificent. A righteous God 
who is the superior standard and the concrete example of conformity. This morning, I want to pause, maybe even pontificate, and join me in this for just a moment. That our God is the pathway that is pleasing and the only one that is the spiritually straight street. I'm talking about the rock of ages. That's my God. That's my God who is a rock. Amen. Give a hand for Jesus Christ in this room. Hey. <laughs> Contemplating the divine is everything. If you want to be like him, you must know what he is. Yeah. Come on, as we're going through this list of seven things that define who our God is, starting off with the rock, we want you to know that's who he is. But uh, that's not what you are. Mm. That hurts a little, doesn't it? As any lost man, you were made of menstrual materials with not-so-subtle sinful strings snaring you in the bloody depths of death and destruction. Your life was sin. And the wages were sinister. Wow. We want to help illuminate this idea to you. We're going to bring, we're going to need a helper to elucidate what we're trying to say to you this morning. A criminal. A corrupt sinner. A bonafide man in bondage. Come here, David Bonham. David Bonham you have the right to remain silent anything you say can and will be held against you you have the right to an attorney if you can't afford an attorney one will be provided for you come on he can't afford an attorney. Nobody can afford an attorney. You can't afford it. Say it with me, saints. I can't afford the wages of sin. I can't afford the wages of sin. Let's turn to John chapter 1. And let's look at verse 12. <laughs> you don't know what it's going to cost you when you get entangled in sin, do you? No. John chapter 1 and verse 12. Come on, stay there when you're there. We need everybody there. John chapter 1 and verse 12 says this. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Yeah. But you got another right. And it's not the right to remain silent. It's the right to become something. To take on the character of God. Yeah. To set aside the shackles of your sin. Yeah. You have the right to become blameless 
in all of your workings. You have a right to be pardoned and participate in the judge of the creation's work. You have the right to become true and faithful. You have the right to dissolve deviant behavior in the blood of Christ. You have the right to be crucified so that you conform with the standard of Christ. <laughs> Somebody say cut me free. 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 Almighty God set me free in this place. Yeah. Let's read about this in Isaiah 51 verse 1. Say there when you are there. Listen to me. You who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah who gave you birth. When I called him, he was but one and I blessed him and made him many. Come on, this is an incredible passage of scripture, church. The truth is, is no one is like him until you have been reborn of him. Being born of the rock makes you become like the rock. You become more than just a little version of the rock. You become a rock quarry making more rocks. Come on, church. Turn with us to Daniel chapter 2. I want a rock. (laughs) What kind? The little kind that's like Christ or musical entertainment. What kind of rock do you want? Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. Man, this has got to be one of my favorite passages right now. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Nor will it be left to another people. Come on, somebody say another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will endure forever. This is the meaning of the vision of the rock cut out of a mountain. You know that rock. The one that's going to fill the whole earth. But this one was not cut out of a mountain, not by human hands. A rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. The great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true. Somebody say true. True. And the interpretation is trustworthy. I'm talking about a rock and a quarry. A rock quarry that cannot be destroyed. I'm talking about a rock quarry that crushes sinful opposition. We're talking about a rock quarry that fills the earth with the rocks that are the sons of God. You know, I've been at all kind of events. Miss Jennifer drugged me to them in my unwilling youth. And it was not unusual to hear a whole stadium sing, We will, we will rock you. Those guys were queens. I'm talking about 
being a king with the king of kings. I'm talking about being a little rock that is like the magnificent mountain that is filling the whole earth. I'm talking about advancing the kingdom of God one life, one rock at a time. Who wants to be a rock in the house of God? In order to become a king with the king of kings, you are going to have to be carved out of a mountain. I'm not talking about Jimi Hendrix dancing in a purple haze, standing next to a mountain wanting to cut it with the edge of his hand. I'm talking about a man cut straight out of the mountain of rock that is Christ. Come on. Church, you are going to have to embrace the solid rock of Christ. Not John Denver's Rocky Mountain High. You're going to have to circumcise away the sinful attributes of the old life. You are going to have to circumcise away the central, the sinful attributes of the old life with the solid, surgical, spiritual stony blade yes. of our Savior. Wow. Come on, Chris Riazora. We're talking about a uh, surgical blade. One in the hand of a father that changes your disposition forever. Let's go to Ephesians 4, verse 22. Somebody say, there when you were there. Blood shed on a piece of wood changes men forever. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Are you there? Oh, come on, you got to go with me. Are you there? In Ephesians 4, starting in verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. That's that sinner. That was handcuffed. That was chained. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. To put off your old self. You got to cut it away. Which is being corrupted. It wasn't just corrupt. It's still being corrupted. By its deceitful desires. Do you see how important it is to let the word of God shape you on an ongoing basis? Even after you are born again. After The chains are cut. There are desires that you carry around that have to be circumcised away. They are corrupt. They are still corrupting and they will corrupt you if you don't cut them away. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. It would be more accurate to translate that to be being made new in the attitudes of your mind. Ongoing, perpetual, never stopping. And to put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That is becoming a rock cut from the rock quarry of God. There's a hope that we're offering you this morning. And that is the ability to be created in the image of who God is. To possess His very nature as a rock with inside of you. Ephesians 5.1, turn there with me. Be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children. By cutting off the carnality and the corruption, becoming like the rock of God. We have and possess the ability to imitate the very nature of God. To look at our Father and replicate the very acts, the very attitude, the character and reputation of who He is. And therefore, it is our obligation, as in verse 2, to live a life of love just as Christ loved us 
and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We become an imitator of God in every way, not just in the powerful, but in the sacrifice of our own lives. Come on, have you hear, are you hearing what our pastors are saying to you this morning? You have to put off the old self. Come on, husbands, look at your wife and just say, take it off. Take it off. Take it off. Sexy grandma. (laughs) (laughs) The Bible says that we are supposed to take off the old self. How much are you supposed to do that? All the time. As much as possible. You're supposed to take off the old self. Take it off, baby. And you're supposed to put on the new self. This is exactly what we're supposed to be doing here. This is what we are supposed to be in a non-stop, never-ending, unceasing kind of way. You have to take off the old self. And the truth is, is this one concept can elude us if we're not careful. We can think that it's taboo to talk about the idea of taking it off. You can feel like there's something wrong with me saying take it off here from the stage. But the truth is, is this is exactly what you have to do. You have to take off the old self. It cannot linger around. It cannot hang on. It cannot cling to you. It must be removed from your life. So that you may put on the new self. The glorious things. That you might be like the rock. That you might be a rock cut from the same quarry as Abraham and Sarah were. And then that you can become a rock quarry. That is producing other rocks that are of the same content, that are of the same material, all the way back to the beginning. Somebody say, take it off. Take it off. Now put on Christ. Put on Christ. It's not enough to take off the old behavior. We have to replace it. We have to radically amputate and then put on the very nature of Christ. Have you ever seen this go the wrong way? Somebody put on the nature of Christ, but because they lacked heart, they lacked courage, they lacked faith, they lacked the empowerment of the Spirit, they were again entangled in their old behavior that they once took off. Man, I talk about being on the right road, but headed the wrong way. All right, Bonham, I need you again, man. You did it again, Bonham. You did it again. Somebody who took off the shackles. He's shackle free. But he got into something that sons of God should not be involved in. Nobody put the shackles on him. He put them on himself. Oh, come on now. You feel me? Are you in a prison of your own making? Are you standing behind bars that you were freed from and you willingly Walked back in. See, you're not supposed to be shackled like this. You're supposed to be free. You're supposed to take off shackles and put on Christ's wrists, Christ's arms, Christ's chest, Christ's mind, Christ's feet. You don't take off Christ or you'll end up captive to the enemy. What's First Peter say about it? It says, if they have escaped... The corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again, say again, saints, 
entangled in it and overcome. They are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. How can you be worse? How can you be worse than a damned sinner? How can you be worse than somebody who is steeped and trapped and destined for hell? Because once you've tasted the freedom of Christ, you become a target for the enemy. Once you've tasted the freedom of the Christ, you become the enemy's trophy carried around if you submit to him again. Oh my God, how many of you want to be free? John 8 says if he frees you, then you're free indeed. Is anything more sad than those chains? How many of you want to see them come off? Freedom. Freedom. You ever been to an optometrist and you didn't know that you couldn't see till you got your eyesight test? You're like, my God, those are leaves on the tree up there. The birds, they're beautiful. Wow! My wife's got a cute freckle on her face. <laughs> the thing is, is we need, we need freedom. Yeah. And it's easier to get set free if you know that you need the freedom. You need it. Somebody say, I need freedom. I need freedom. You need freedom in the Spirit of God. You cannot get and keep your freedom simply by imitating Christ. I mean, that's a bad man trying to be a better man. It's true that when he's lifted up, he draws you to him. That's true. But John 6.44 says that He draws you by His Spirit. See, it requires you to be born of heaven. It requires you to be filled with the supernatural spirit of holiness so that you keep the freedom that was given to you. Oh, we need to get full of the Holy Ghost in this place today. You have to have the Spirit carry you through transformation. You have to have the Spirit polish you in the perfection of Christ. You have to have the Spirit freeing you so that you will be free indeed. Do you need an infilling with the Holy Ghost today? Say, I was set free. I know you were. But what are you now? Well, I got saved in 1993. I got saved in 1974. But what are you now? We're not supposed to wear shackles. Even when we cut the chains off of Bonham's hands and he could move them and he said he was free. He still had these cute little bracelets, didn't he? Oh, he could move his hands. But there were still remnants of the old life there waiting for a new attachment. See, you can be set free in Christ, but keep those little attachments. You just like it a little bit. You're happy to be set free from it, but you don't hate it like something that kills Christ. We need the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Yes. Let's all turn to Revelation 21, and we'll start in verse 10. Let's begin to see the goal that this freedom is leading us to. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high. 
and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal. What an incredible thought, church. We have to have the spirit that carries us up somewhere that we could not get to by ourselves. Did you hear what Pastor Eric just said? I want to go back to this thought just for a second. The idea that the chain can be broken, but there are people in here who can like the cold steel against their skin. Something familiar about that, isn't it? I know it's a little heavy on my arms. My arms get tired sometimes, but the truth is, is it's kind of reassuring to hear the rattle of that thing that once bound me. (laughs) How could you end up falling in love with the things that shackle you? (laughs) The answer is simple. I mean, it's just as plain as what the scriptures right here tell us, that you have to be carried away. You have to be carried away in the Spirit. You have to be liberated, to be lifted, to be moved away, that these shackles will be completely taken off of you. With no remnants, with no shame of what you once were. Come on, how many people are sitting in the room and you have shame of what you've done? See, when you've been transformed, the shame is taken away because of the blood of Christ. Those things that you once were, you are no longer. Because the Spirit carries you away. He will lift you like this verse says in verse 10. He carried me away in the Spirit to a mountain great and high. Come on, this is not for the weak-minded. This is not for those without the resolution of the heavens within them. If you're going to be carried away by the Spirit to a mountain great and high and get to see the very city and people that God are building. That is only done through the power of the Spirit. You do not have enough willpower to change who you are. There is not enough willpower on the planet to do that. Let's be honest, most of us can't keep a New Year's resolution past January 15th. And you're going to talk to us about having the resolve in yourself that this time is going to be different. Can you hear the clinking of the, of the shackles on your own arms? I hear the clinking of the shackles louder than I hear the lies we tell ourselves. Wow. Church, we are trying to liberate people in this room today. See, it's one thing to say that he's a rock. You could be like David and saying that he is a rock. He's my fortress. His hands will train, his, his presence will train my arms for battle. But see, and then we go out and live just the way that we did before. You have to be totally set free in this place today. And that is only accomplished through the power of the Spirit. By the power of the Spirit, He will turn you into a precious rock. He's going to build a city for God to dwell in by His Spirit. That is the only way that any of us will accomplish Anything in the kingdom. Let's look further in Revelation 21 at verse 19. The foundation of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. In the beginnings of this very church, 
in a prophetic move during worship, the Spirit of God gave us a vision. A vision about what He was going to do here at LCM. There's a reflection of what we see here in Revelation. And that is, He would give us precious lives that would be precious stones. They would have to be carved. They would have to be polished. Fit to go on the crown of a king. And it was our responsibility to gather in the precious gems that God was going to give us. That the very lives that are sitting in these seats right now is a continual fulfillment of that prophetic word given to us in 2005. And what we are singing is the transformational, chain-breaking power transforming your lives and the lives that you affect, resulting in others becoming a rock just like you have been made into a rock. But now a precious gem in the hand of the King of Kings. Let's return to Isaiah 51. It's interesting. Everybody does get there at a different time. But our goal is that everybody gets there. We want you to go from being some aggregate in a mining facility. Caliche, gravel, sand. Into something that is polished and fit for the crown of a king. Something that he builds that city, that bride out of. Something that he dwells in by his spirit. We are aiming... At Christ's perfection in you. This message opened with thoughts like 1 Samuel. Where he said, no one is like our God. No one is a rock like him. And everybody agrees. But that is not what Isaiah says. Isaiah 51.1, listen to me, you who pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut. Stop. Who is the rock from which you were cut? Except that's not what Isaiah is talking about. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abraham, your father, and Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man. And I blessed him and made him many. The way that the kingdom of God moves forward... It's that somebody is born of God. They change into what He is. And then they go make more just like what they were made into. That is why the kingdom was entrusted to the generation of Christians that walked with Jesus the Christ. And He entrusted every generation after that to the men who were standing there on the ground. Do you know what that means for you? You have a responsibility. Are you of the same quality as the original? Are you cut from the same mountain as the original? Are you as free as our father Abraham was? Are you as free as the original 12 foundational apostles were? Are you as free as number 13 through 23 that came after them named in the scripture? See, you will make more. Of what you are. And God wants this rock of all ages. This rock of eternity. To last for thousands of generations. Peyton would you make your way up here. 
We are not carnal, candy-appled quarries. You can go find those anywhere that you want them. You are here today because you are a part of the precious cornerstone quarry. We are not looking to make easy, expedient, and expendable Christians. We are looking to make precious stones that are fit for the crown of a king. Some of you need your chains cut. Some of you need the bracelets taken off. Your chains have been cut, but you still identify with that old life. Every rock in this room must be quarried from Christ and men who lived like Christ. You need to be able to look at those coming after you and say, follow me as I follow Christ. You should not look at them and say, follow me, except for these bracelets. Follow me, except for these chains. Follow me on Wednesday and Sunday. You are the Christ that they see. You are the quarry that they look to. Say, no, brother, I point to Christ. Yes, you point to Christ by being Christ to them. The rock and the rock quarry have got to last for a thousand generations. I just came back from Colca Canyon. Daniel, those mountains are high, aren't they? JJ, those valleys are deep, aren't they? The temptation for high mountains and deep valleys is to think that they just got that way. No, they were created that way. You have to be recreated. You know what I love about the mountains of Arequipa and Chavai? I love that there's a little couple there that is cut out of the quarry of Christ. And they're as unchanging as the mountains that they're standing preaching on. And their feet are as beautiful as what Isaiah said. And we have to be of the same quality. The mountain doesn't change even when men come and go. The depth of the valley doesn't change when men come and go. We need men with character that will not change, that will not quit. LCM is the quarry of Christ. The one association is the quarry of Christ. But you're supposed to be the quarry of Christ. And we ought to cut out of you enough room. Cut away from you enough room to make room for Christ's multiplication in the disciples of your life. Today, if you have a chain that needs to be broken, we're going to start there. Today, if you're free, But you're counting days between freedom because you still expect the bracelets to reunite in bondage. We want to minister to you. Today, if you're free and the bracelets are there and you're running after Christ, but you're not on top of the mountain. You're not where you should be. You're free and it's good for you, but it's not resulting in freedom for anybody else. We're going to pray for you to be a stone stacked on a living stone to become the house of God as transformational as Christ Himself.
we will not rest until every person in the room is achieving the high aim for which Christ has aimed them. Because that's why He put us on the planet. And I'll tell you a secret. That's why He put you on the planet as well. Would you please stand to your feet? Father, there is no rock that is like you. And yet you have called us to become like you. Oh, carve away from us what does not belong. Let your image be found in us today. Be formed in us, Son of God, Rock of Ages. We want to be the quarry of Christ. Come and move by your Spirit now. Fill us, change us, transform us, mighty God, that we might transform others.